So uh, now we have uh, 20 minutes for uh, discussion. Uh, so you can either uh, make a comment, uh, share something, ask a question, writing in the chat to everyone, not just to me, to everyone, so everybody can see the question, sharing or comment. If you know, you must, some of you must by now, if you know how to use a blue hand, then you can raise a blue hand and then we can ask you to come in and ask directly your question or make your comment. Okay, Mary, uh, come in. That was a very relaxing activity. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, personally, I really like the listening meditation. I think it's kind of really, it's a, it's a different type of focus. When we meditate, we can have a, like a more direct, narrow focus on the breath or on specific sensation. And with the sound, it's like you open the focus. So it's very spacious. And then you just have to wait in a way for the sounds to come to you. So personally, this is a meditation I really uh, enjoy and find beneficial. Question, is it okay if you visualize what's causing the sound that happens sometimes? So when we listen to sound, what is interesting is we become aware of perception that actually I hear a sound and I know it's a car, it's a person, it's a motorbike. And so in a way, immediately it's nearly like the name is there. And what can be fun in the meditation is to know without in a way going into abstraction about the type of motor, the type of bird or whatever, but just knowing we know it's a bird, it's a motorbike, uh, it's so on and so forth. And some people will just have this perception as naming. And then some other people, it will be more like kind of like a visual thing that actually suddenly you see the car or the bird or the person. So that I think it kind of really depends on uh, people, uh, different uh, types of uh, what they do upon contact with sounds, either if it's more naming or if it's more seeing it, uh, kind of having an image. But yes, that's fine. Thank you, David, for your appreciation. Angela, uh, so thank you for the talk about speech. Can you tell me where I would find the description of the Buddha thought about gathering during long retreat in order to address difficulties among the Sanghas? Or like, Right now, uh, I cannot really say immediately unless Stephen uh, can think of something. But when we have the little break, then I think I can. Or Jenny might also uh, know some text. 
And so what one would need to see is um, a text. Often you have a text where the Buddha, there is difficulty and then you have the meeting and people talk about the difficulty. But we would have to look into the text. Not one doesn't come to mind immediately. But in the break, I will look at it. Uh, Barbara. So I appreciate that you also mentioned we can listen how we speak to ourselves since many thoughts were intermingled with actual sound from outside. This is something I found very interesting in terms of when we meditate, that because there is nothing else left to do, you think, you have thought most of the time, not everybody, but a lot of people. And then what becomes interesting is to, it's part of the meditation, is also to be aware of our thought. And then to become aware, what's the tone of my thought? What kind of, in what kind of language am I speaking to me, myself? Is it a friendly language, tentative, categoried, categoric, or is it kind of like, you know, perfectionist type of language or doubting type of language? Or... So it's kind of be very interesting. You know, you listen to sound. And then in this friendly listening, you can also notice how the thoughts speak to you exactly. David, I found the reminder to your speech and an expression of care, love, very useful to explore in the various situation relationship. Yet to me, in a way, it doesn't mean you have to kind of gush, I love you, I love you all the time. But often we assume people know that we care for them, we love them, and we appreciate them. And just sometimes they need to be told. And then it's kind of, you know, how can you tell it? And we can tell it in many different ways. We can tell it in affectionate gesture. But personally, I think also we can tell it in the way we relate to them when we speak to them. Are we generous in our intention, in our speech? So I think it's kind of lots of things in there I think we can explore. Ida, can the listening meditation be practiced in a very quiet space? And if so, how? I found my surrounding lacking in sound. When we are in a quiet space, as long as we do not have tinnitus, this is not a meditation, listening meditation, I would recommend if you have ringing in the ears in a quiet space. In nature, yes, but not in a quiet space. If you don't have tinnitus, personally, what I like in a quiet space is to actually listen to the silence. Just listen to the silence. And then we can notice how are we with the silence? Do we enjoy the silence? Uh, do, we, do we want more activities or not? It's kind of interesting, our relationship to silence and just listening to the silence. Even the silence actually sometimes is not as silent as that. So that's what I would suggest. Catherine, lovely listening to the sound coming and going and at the same time holding many other feelings, not quite a question, but comments. Yes, this is a thing. To me, when we do the listening meditation, at the same time, 
all the other senses are operating. And I think when we sit in meditation, it's like in the foreground, you might put the breath or the sensation of the sound. And in the background, you will have lots of other things. So for example, with the listening meditation, you can have listening to the sound and that listening to the sound could give rise to feelings. At the same time, you can have listening to the sound and you experience feeling because of many other things, the thought, sensation, what happened before you came to this. So yeah, in a way, with the sound, being aware of the sound, and at the same time, we also, in that experience right now, there will be other feeling going on, like somebody mentioned thought, but also feeling connected to sound or not at all. Uh, Mary, I have tinnitus and hear a high pitch steady sound which seems not to be impermanent. I am more aware of it than when sitting, so tended to swap between background sound, car passing outside and the tinnitus. Personally, if somebody has tinnitus, I would generally not recommend to focus on it, especially if you are in a quiet place. And so I would say yes. Uh, be more aware of the sound outside of the tinnitus, but it might not be easy. So then you might prefer to actually be aware of the breath or be aware of the body sensation or any other practice you might do, like loving kindness. I think we have to be very careful with this meditation and tinnitus because yes, if you have tinnitus, at one level, it's impermanent, but it's impermanent more that it changes within itself. And it's not so impermanent in the fact that it arises and it stops, then 20 minutes later, it arises and it stops. Because of something in the ear, it's something which can be fairly continuous. And so personally, I would generally suggest not to focus so much on it unless it's uh, helpful. You lovely to listen to French and Irish traffic at the same time. So you could hear the sound from my window. Yeah, quite a lot of things going on outside. Angie, I have worked hard as skillful communication. I have found nonviolent communication helpful. Staying present and silent is often helpful. How would you develop this capacity? It was fascinating to hear you spent a month in silence. I think, I mean, personally, uh, I learned this when I did the month's uh, uh, silence in uh, Korea. But also, uh, I had a friend before he died. Uh, he used to be the most silent person you could find. What I mean by this is that he, he was a wonderful man. And when you went to see him, you had to be prepared to sit silently with him. And he could sil out silence anybody who was kind of feeling superior and be able to be silent with others. But to me, this was a great training that often when we meet somebody, we feel I have to say something. 
to present myself or to express myself or whatever. But what I learned from this friend is that you can actually sit quietly together. And then out of that, five minutes or more or less, then suddenly you can have a conversation. And actually the conversation can kind of, again, have quite a lot of space within it. And again, we're not all the same. This was a person who was very specifically like this. So it was always interesting uh, to be with that friend. But this, I think, what I learned from him is that you could be together in a different way. And so that speaking doesn't become an obligation as a way to be together, but that we can also be together in a different way. And if there is more space, then this kind of possibly this more creative, wise communication has more opportunity to be there because we are less caught in the habitual habits in a way. I would say we kind of like have habits of speech. The way we speak, the way we kind of different things like that. So it's very interesting. I think as part of kind of a training with communication is to bring a little more space within it, but not an aggressive space. We have to be very careful there because some people can use being silent in a very aggressive way too. So in a way, silence can be wonderful sometimes to be together. And then sometimes silence can be very oppressive. So I think again, it's kind of like, you know, what is creative, what is wise, what is compassionate. And personally, I think like in terms of the staying present and silence, I would say to bring groundedness. Like when we sit in meditation, we might have a good or bad meditation. That personally for me doesn't matter very much. But just sitting there, we actually cultivate being grounded, kind of finding kind of a certain strength within ourselves. And so in a way, when we are with others, we can also share, I think, that groundedness with compassion so that we can be silent, in a, grounded in a very friendly way. And so people can feel safe with us. They don't feel that they have to say something interesting or they don't feel that they're being attacked or whatever. But there is this kind of like stability, groundedness and compassion. And then from that, I think then the communication can be, of course, kind of uh, more helpful. Esther. Uh, I like the, your phrase, listen to the music of life, as it helped me to be attentive yet relaxed. I wonder how that works when listening to other people. Can you listen to another person's music? Yes and no. I think uh, in terms of ambient sound, I think that's really helpful. A bit like a cage a piece of music. And in terms of listening to some people, I think we can do both. In a way, listening to what they say, but also kind of in a way, listening to their 
to their music, listening for themselves. Because often when we listen to somebody, there is a bit of this selfing in us, what's in it for me and kind of this kind of thing. And here is kind of really, can I just listen? Can I just listen to that person in their totality right now? And I would take it as this doing the same as listening, listening to the music of life, listening, you are ready to listen to the whole thing. And in a way you're ready to listen to the whole person. But something to check out, something to check out could be interesting. So David, uh, final comment. Do you have any guidance on how often to do this meditation? Personally, this is one of my favorite meditations. So I do it relatively often, but I think this is something we can in a way add to the meditation. You can actually do the breath and a little bit in the background being aware of sound. And I think that listening to the sound as a way to really keep us in present time. That's what I like about sound. As long as I hear the sound, I am here. I am attentive. If I don't hear the sound, I am somewhere else. So I think personally, I do it a bit with the breath. I do it by itself. I do it a bit with the questioning. So it's really up to you. Does it fit you? That's first, first, the first thing. Does it suit you? Are you in an environment where it will be beneficial to do it? That's another thing. Is it too silent and then it's not fun for you? Or is there too much noise and then it could be too much? So I think I would say it depends on conditions. So our time is up. So thank you very much. So this was the kind of the first part. And then now we're going to have a 20 minute break. So during the 20 minute break, if you want, you can uh, kind of stop the camera up to you and then you can continue to do sitting meditation or what I would recommend more is to do walking meditation, maybe tea meditation, having a cup of tea meditation, maybe whatever you want to do. And then in 20 minutes, uh, there will be the presentation by Steve. And so we'll meet back in 20 minutes. See you later.